welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here. It is episode number... Let me check my fucking notes. It is episode number 287 of the Fret Talk Podcast. This is like... I'm, I'm full disclaimer right at the start of this podcast. I am really fucking tired, so... So this is how it's going to go. I do apologise. Um, it's 287 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You're here with me, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, a.k.a. Budge, a.k.a. Uh, I don't know. I, I just... <sighs> Yeah, you also here with oh my gosh, it is Josh. Oh my gosh, I'm ill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're we're both part, like we're both riding that train this week, aren't we? Just a little, yeah. I'm on about the fourth time around with this cold, and it just ain't going away. But who is that that I hear in the background? Who's being as quiet as a mouse? It is none other than. It's only Ollie Bloody Miles of Ollie Miles Music. Who is not ill. I'm the only one. Indeed. <laughs> give it really... yeah, give it time. We'll like Yeah, we, I'm sure you'll pass... infect me. Yeah, yeah. like it's gonna be a computer virus, maybe, because we're on a yeah. on a stream at the moment. We're not all in the same room. That's not how I mean we're we're within kind of a distance. We could feasibly do this in one room. Yeah, we're not a million miles from each other, are we? No, we're not. We're kind of we're all pretty much West Midlands based, which which will be mentioned a little bit later on. <laughs> um when we circle back to last week's hot take. But gentlemen, we are we are here, it is the Fret Talk podcast. And as we usually do, we are going to start off by pontificating on our week's events. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off because why not? So this week, um, I've been I've been talking about like the the journey to the HSS guitar that I've been thinking I really should be playing an HSS guitar for my band because I think it it will do all of the things that I want it to do. And if you're a Patreon member, you will know I've um, I've made some inquiries into something that I think would do the job. But my first ever Squire Strat, which is like a 2002 Squire Strat, big like, big fatty fat headstock affinity. Uh, which headstock. I, yeah, get bent. <laughs> 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 it's the best one. And like it's the most functional as well because when you put in a capo on it, it you've got loads of space. Whereas if you got those tiny little, little tiddly little headstocks, you're always like poking into the strings with the capo. Nah, big fat stocks. Fat stocks make the rocking world go round. Yeah, like that one, Ollie. That one. It's, just, it's not substantial enough. Um, so I, I, I whipped out my um, my HSS Squire Strat this week, which like it's pretty decent. It's got like um Tex-Mex single coils and it's got a Marzio something or other in the bridge, like a humbucker. I think it's a PAF Pro. Who knows? By this point, I know that it's a Demarzio and I know that it kind of fits well with the, the single coils. It's not it's not overpowered, so it balances quite well. Um and I I had the idea that for the gig that I did like two days ago. I thought, 
I'll take this along as a backup and kind of just test drive it for a couple of songs and see how it goes. I ended up playing the entire set with it. So, <laughs> yeah, like the Variax for what? Like for once, didn't get a, didn't get a say. It didn't even come out of the bag. Damn. It, yeah. So, I think that's conclusive proof that I can do a gig with an HSS Strat. I'm so proud. It is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i not going to be using that squash strap going forward. It's not got enough frets. It's 21 fret. And I do need 22. I, I, just, I just need the 20 second fret. But also, those pickups in combination all together, it, it might be like the pickups with the wiring that I've got in it sound a little bit like they're really thick sounding but they don't cut through as much as the variax single coils so i was missing out on a few of the notes like hearing the few of the notes that i was playing because it weren't quite cutting through the mix as well as the variax so the hss guitar that i do eventually kind of settle on We'll have to have a little bit of a, a little bit more kind of top end presence, but I think it is the way forward, and that is definitely the way that I'm going because it's just it's more convenient than having to charge a battery for a Variax. <laughs> That's basically the the thing that I'm trying to avoid. It's just one one tiny little thing that I'm trying to avoid, and yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes on. Um, but talking about talking about guitars that are uh, modded to our specifications, Ollie, 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 yep. Ollie, you found yourself favouring a guitar quite similar yourself, haven't you? Yeah. So I have a Strat which I bought when I was when was I? I was about fourteen, maybe fifteen. And it's a it's the first guitar I actually bought with my own money. And yeah. I think it cost me about 40 quid on eBay. Nice. At the time. <laughs> and it's a guitar from like a Marshall amp pack. So, you know, you used to get like the 30 watt like MG yeah. with a cable and a strap and a guitar and everything. Yeah. And it's, it was one of those. Um, so oh, it so had like... It's very much where the amp is the selling point. Yeah, and the guitar's a piece of shit, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I bought that guitar for like 30, 35, 40 quid, whatever it was. I bought it from Gloucester. I made my mom drive to Gloucester to pick it up. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had it for years. And I remember when I first got it, I swapped the bridge pickup out because it's HSS. Um, so I swapped it out to a Seymour Duncan JB because I was obsessed with Green Day at the time. And obviously that's that's the move. Um and then over the years, it's, it took a beating, the neck warped and stuff like that. And it sat in my guitar rack for years. And if you watch a lot of my videos where the guitar rack is uh, visible, you will just see this very sad-looking strat. Yeah, the proper on, on beater. It. Yeah, because um, I set it on fire at some point in my mid-teens as well. So it's like all burnt. It's, it's great. I love it. Um, and then... I don't know, about 12 months ago, I was like, I'm going to start buying parts for this and just basically 
take everything off it apart from just leave the body. So I got a new neck. It's got a hip shot locking tuners. It's got a bare knuckle. I can't remember which one. I want to say it's the true grit. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's got a bare knuckle true grit. And that's it. So it's literally it's a single humbucker. The the bridge is original. I think I might have redone the electronics and I've nicked a knob off one of my other guitars. And I have been gigging that for the last six months, eight months, something like that. Shit, man. I, I, I stopped taking the PRS out just because it started to get really worn and I don't want to risk it getting nicked anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I was like, like, I need... You take the fucking 40 quids, essentially Argos guitar out. Yeah. Like, they'll give me money to yep. steal this. Like, yeah, they'll feel sorry like, for me. It's actually like it's one of those things where if you scrapped it down and sold each part individually you'd get more money than if you tried to sell it all together <laughs> yeah um it's got a built-in anti-theft device yeah pretty much um but yeah i've been gigging that because i said the prs start getting worn and because it's signed and stuff i don't want to i'm I like i like recording it and like that sort of stuff i'm happy to do but for pub gigs and like crappy venues and stuff like that i just don't want to take it yeah it's a risk with me anymore, it's a risk you're not uh like it's it doesn't pay to take that risk. No. Um and I feel much more confident throwing myself around on a stage yeah. with this guitar. Because if I well, I mean to be fair, I didn't really care that much with the PRS, that's why it's so warm, but um I throw myself around even more with this strap because I'm like, if I fall over and it breaks, like eh. Yeah. Like it was a bunch of parts anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like if if you like woe be told you fall on the neck of the neck breaks, you know, well, that that's a bit of a bit of a pain, but I know I can go and get another repro- uh, replacement fender neck. Yeah, it'll be pretty much the same thing. Yep. Yeah, I can just like scavenge your parts and just do it again. Um, yeah. But it also, it, to be fair, as much as like I'm saying it's a piece of shit guitar, it sounds fucking great. Um, yeah. I mean, that it, fairness, if you put bare knuckle pickups in it, it's been half <laughs> piece. Of- yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's it, isn't it? Like at the at the bottom line, if it's not a good enough instrument no matter what you do to it it like you won't want to gig it because you won't you don't get that kind of that response back from it yeah no i'm having it's just like playing yeah it's just bringing an old guitar back to life like my first band photos and stuff like i was using that guitar um and like yeah some of the first pictures of me ever gigging with that guitar in one of its sort of iterations and now it's back and i've recorded most of an ep with it and like yeah it's back and whereas before i was struggling to pay basic songs on it like i'm now recording properly to songs that are being played shit man that's people here there and everywhere full circle so is this uh an ep that you're doing with neptune rain or is this something different yeah so it's neptune rain to be fair i i am recording other stuff as well but neptune rain is like the main one at the moment yeah because you've been going yeah. for, with them for quite a while now haven't you uh two years two years in may i started shit man i remember when that was just becoming a thing yeah so i, I started talking to them in december 20 yeah it's december 2020 i like i replied to the ad nice. and then i was talking to them for the start of the year and obviously covid was still a massive thing um 
Yeah, because you, you had to wait a, a good while before you could all get together in a rehearsal room, couldn't you? Yeah, I, I had to wait like six months. Like I met, I had so many like Zoom calls and stuff and like six months later, I actually met them for the first time. And it was like, I know you guys already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've just finished recording the next EP, which we've been working on for ages. Um, just doing like some final edits on vocal takes. And yeah, it's sent off and I've just gone to town on some of the parts on it. And I think like you can actually tell that before, like the guitar parts are quite simple. Um and like they serve a song, whereas now they still serve a song, but they're a bit more interesting. Yeah, you're and pushing some that envelope out a bit. Fucking more. weird sounds on there as well. No. Which I had a great time making. Very good, very good. Yep. When's this uh, when's this dropping? Do we, have we got a date on it yet? We're hoping, so it's not concrete, we're hoping the first single will come out in April, like mid-April, cool. and we're hoping the EP will come out in July, but that's not gospel at the moment, because, say, it's, we're, we're just about to send the stuff off to be mixed, so it could still... Yeah, yeah, like, it's sub, yeah, subject to change. Right, do us a favour, Josh. When that single does drop, plonk a link in the uh, Fret Talk podcast group, because... Okay. Look, even if even if you're not necessarily a fan of of that kind of music, which I, I'm not particularly, because it's um, a little bit modern <laughs> modern for me. It's kind of like uh, I, I don't know, like who 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 would you say like the influences are? I, I was thinking kind of like male fronted Paramore-ish kind of sounds. Yeah, it's got that like noughties emo pop almost yeah it's it's come comes from like the modern bring me the horizon there's influences from like linkin park and stuff like that um it it takes big influence from those like early noughties bands but it's a bit more accessible yeah yeah um that's probably the best way we like i can describe it yeah using any like dumb metaphors there was uh there was a a couple of things that popped up on my um on my personal facebook um over the last week um, which was from Neptune Rain, um, and like the quality of the band is just so tight, and it, like the musicality is just so good. Uh, so like, even if you aren't a fan of that particular genre, you'll you will appreciate the musicianship that's going into it. And given yeah, it's, a, great, it's great fun, giving a shout out <laughs> to our boy as well. Yeah, it's great fun, and like all of the, so the song that came out last year and all of this EP as well as like it's all been engineered by me. So yeah. all the like all the all the recording. Uh, process and all the editing has been done by me so it's like uh, there's like a production role in there but so there's some like really weird like um some really cool atmospheric sounds and my favorite sounds in fact the first track that's being sent off today my favorite sounds in that which is literally a uh red beard oh what's the fuzz called honey badger badger honey badger uh so it's a red beard honey badger um just set to like the most disgusting octave fuzz straight into the interface says oh, no. <laughs> so, so I was I was like layering guitars I was like I need something just utterly filthy and I was sat with a singer and he was trying to describe the tone I was like uh give me a sec and I was trying with like all these different amp combinations and nothing works so I was like I'm just gonna plug it like I'm just gonna put it straight in like turn off any simulator plugins or cabs and everything just EQ off a bunch of the top end so it's just like a lot of mids yeah and I was like yep that is that's the one <laughs> fair 
that's a naughty pedal as it is uh, doing oh yeah I, I mean i love that pedal so much so just good imagine how filthy that is just plugging it straight in yeah i use it live as well we have like a a more chilled out song that goes into like a big rock ending it's a bit more like a traditional vibe song um which i think we're planning on recording properly at some point later this year and for the end of that i stick on the the honey badger for like when it goes from like the clean atmospheric stuff to big open chords it's like yeah honey badger on volume up and just hit some big chords with a honey badger on it's like yeah what it's about it's what it's oh, about yeah. love it right joshy josh what are we saying what's what's been going on with you this week uh, I was at the carnival gig, which was like so many years in the waiting for me. Because uh, last time I think they came around was like 2013, something like that. And I was only just kind of experimenting with dabbling in that sort of music. Um, yeah. And so I kind of missed the boat with that that time, so to speak. Um, so when these tickets came out, I was like, yep. I am definitely buying those. And the it got uh, postponed because of COVID and bits and pieces like that. And it then got postponed again. Shit, man. I was kind of like, shit, is this, actually, this gig actually going to happen? Uh, and it thankfully did. And I was actually, I, I was quite lucky enough to meet the guys kind of in, um, in Digworth before the gig. And I was chatting to them and I was saying, I did you know, tickets previously, blah, 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 you know, should do. And they were saying that if, if one of them kind of got COVID on the, t- you know, and something happened to the tour, it was literally going to bankrupt them. Yeah. They'd invested that much time and, and money into it. And you kind of don't realise, especially, come, you know, because they come from Australia, how much more, I, I guess, financially demanding is oh yeah yeah look it must yeah. be massive costs all in just even the lightest equipment halfway across the globe yeah it, it was mad but um they were really you know really nice guys the, the sound was just fucking colossal um drew goddard had two fifty one fifties running in stereo nice. yeah he did and Fuck me, Jesus Christ! It was loud, and I mean like properly loud. Two fifty-one fifties in stereo, loud. No, you must be mistaken. Definitely not. <laughs> I was uh, I was sat uh, stood at the barrier, and I couldn't hear the vocals or anything like that. All I could hear was just <laughs> get a wall of guitar tone. I mean, thankfully, it was a good tone because if it was going to be shit. I would have been happy. <laughs> so that was pretty good um, I had the pleasure of having Richard Shaw from Cradle of Filth on Guitar Geeks yes. which was a really nice chilled interview stroke gear chat really nice guy and as as it turned out he actually had seen me in my old tribute band which I thought was a bit of a uh, <laughs> kind of like you saw me really nice. No, that 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 was kind of uh, that was kind of like pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I'm going, people can go and check that if they want to. If they don't, then they don't. That's fine. 
Um, and I had a video going live on pedal boards of doom. And pray tell, what what is that um, video that's going live? Well, it it's is. it's not live yet, is it? It'll be live by the time this is out. Yeah, it's not live yet, but it will be, say, when this goes out. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's on the K-Line Nasty Bear fuzz. Yes. And much like the title, it is a nasty fuzz. Yeah. In all of the right ways. Yeah. For, you can, when you get cheap fuzzes, sometimes they can just be really kind of brittle, I think. I think is the yeah. right way to word it and be very muddy. Yeah, the, the, very... they're a one-trick pony, usually, the um, the cheaper fuzzies. And that's, like, the the video that I've got the most flack on, on the uh, No Talk Was Home series, has been the Rowan uh, fuzz pedal, which is based on, like, a, um, a ram's head muff. And because, it's mainly because, like, the, the EQ on it is okay... At about one, two o'clock, but anything below that, and it's just like you say, just like woolly fluff, and then it gets thin and brittle, and just it's not good, not good tone. And I slated it for being like, like a reason to hate fuzz. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, so many people come to his defense. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But the uh, the K line, like Rusty Bear is. It's it's not too bad actually. I yeah. I must admit I was thinking okay let's kind of get this over and done with and uh, yeah I was pleasantly was pleasantly surprised with actually how versatile and good it was. It didn't really take long for me to get a really enjoyable thick wall of sounding fuzz tone that I really like. Yeah, I know we we've said it uh, we've said it time and time again, but I think. It is worth repeating that though the um, the G series drive pedals, especially the tone controls on them, are really, really well dialed in. Yeah, you you get a real sense of that the, the must have you know sat for a good amount of time and trying different settings and moving things around and different you know kind of frequency sweeps and it's it's paid dividends really because show in the pedal when it's actually kind of fully released so to speak yeah um you know we both use fuzz in very different aspects like for me it's very much that kind of really thick heavy wall of kind of just all out filth yeah yours is a very textural kind of thing isn't it yeah whereas you know you're i think you're very um the word very light in the use of fuzz so to speak yeah i I take my cues from the from the classic kind of uses of it i mean people will be be very surprised at actually how good it is yeah i i happen to have uh have done one myself on the uh the nasty bear in fact actually by the time this comes out it might even be two because i've done uh, I've done the standard no talk or tone, which will kind of run parallel to to your video as well, so you can like com- compare and contrast the tones that we get. Um, again, I thought it was really good. The one criticism that I would have is that the sustain 
knob, which is basically you, you gain control, starts at lots of gain. And then it doesn't, like, the gain doesn't seem to get, like, massively different, but it, you get, like, more saturation almost as you, as you push up the, the gain control. Yeah, it, it's not, I guess the controls aren't as, um, they don't act like you would suspect a normal typical fuzz. Yeah. Especially kind of like with the tone and the sustain. But then once you get used to it, it's it's a duddle. Yeah. As they say. But I don't know. Um, so I think it's either going to be at the end of last week or towards the end of this week. I've done a no talk or tone versus as well, where I've done a face off against that and the rusty fuzz by TC, which has been another absolute monster on my channel. So. Because uh, I think it was one of one of our podcast listeners actually who follows my channel um, had made a comment on the the nasty bear and went. Um, I know he made a comment on on the the TC pedal and went, oh, like I've got a K line uh, fuzz. I went, oh, I'm going to be doing a demo of one of them. He says, can can you do it? Do the shoot here on them? It's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Giving the people what they want. But that's it. I mean, it's it's not it's not even been a month since the last rusty fuzz shootout that I've done. But if people want to see it, I'll I'll shoot it out against anything because it's a wicked pedal, Bimson. I will eventually give it you back because <laughs> it it's his. <laughs> um, but just just like be safe in the knowledge that it is being used and that people are uh, asking for some more footage of it so it, it will get well and truly used and abused yeah that's it and it, it'll get back to you eventually what, what what's more likely going to happen is it's going to get to a point where i'm just going to go how much do i need to pay you for this not to be a problem anymore <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know we'll, we'll we'll see anyway so we've uh We've done a bit of that. I like oh, I've been absolutely balls to the wall making videos this week because um next week I'm on holiday, so the next podcast that you listen to will have been recorded on the same week as this one. Um and I'm just gonna be editing like a beast for the rest of the week, just in in preparation for me to have a week off. Oh, it's gonna be well earned, I can tell you boys. It's gonna be well earned. Thing this man does for you listeners. Exactly. Yeah, I like I'll get into the point where I'm burning myself out, but I know that if I can make it to the end of the week, I'll be sat on the beach somewhere and like sipping cocktails and just being like, Yes, it was all it was all for this. <laughs> right, gentlemen, we have got a hot take to mention. We've got a, a particularly spicy hot take from last week to kind of round up, which is pertinent because it's all about the Brummy boys, isn't it? Which Aye. Like dream like team, full swing today. Dream team. Like, did did we plan this? No, but did it happen? No. The the planets aligned, and all of us West Midland lads happened to be on the same uh, same week. That, um, but like, without Birmingham, metal just wouldn't be as good. And the the votes are in. Seventy seven percent of the people agreed with that statement and said yes, that is correct, and. It's true. It is definitely true. As much as Matt Quine will try and convince you otherwise, 
And as much as Andrew Bimson will say, if you mention Judas Priest, I'm voting the other way. Um, <laughs> it's it's true. So seventy percent, seventy seven percent of the people voted for that Birmingham is basically the home of metal. And yeah, they are right. Yeah. Can get what was a, what was Matt's uh, what was Matt's argument against? Uh, Being Matt. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to be contrary. I don't know. Go into the podcast group and you can see his look, his thought process. There was some sense behind it, but he it failed wrong. to remember that Sabbath are from Birmingham and Sabbath riffs slap. Yeah, so that's the way oh, yeah. it works. Yeah, but we've got we've got a pretty spicy hot take this week, and it's from from our very own Josh. It's it's a hot take that I didn't necessarily think would be coming out from our Josh. Do you want to take us away? Yeah, because you're all about you're all about this. Let's let's get into it, and we'll you, we can understand what we're talking about here. So, a down tuned guitar doesn't necessarily mean you will have heavier riffs. Yeah, yeah. The the yep. tuning of the guitar doesn't doesn't always equate to how heavy the music is, does it? And it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make the riffs instantly more heavy. Like, no, I you know it, it can. Don't get me wrong, it can if it's used in the right context and if if it's used well enough. But when you think of some of kind of like the doomiest, filthiest riffs, and most of them tend to come from Black Sabbath, funny enough, um, a lot yeah. of them are in E standard. Yeah, yep. yeah. So like some of the biggest, chunkiest, heaviest Sabbath stuff is just by the pure wall when of you- noise. I think of like some of like the heavy songs that I really just kind of you listen to it and you're just like, oh, that's what, oh, that's what I needed. And it's things like Symptom of the Universe and Black Sabbath and uh, like Symphony of Destruction, which I think is a really dirty, heavy riff. You know, things like that are all in E standard. Master of Puppets, E standard, and that you know, yeah, yeah, doesn't, yeah. You don't tuning doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be heavier yeah you don't have to go low to go hard no my my favorite example of that is silosis which is uh josh middleton who plays with architects now um that's like his main thing and has been for years um everything Although up he until plays in c sharp standard now yeah but uh <laughs> all of silosis up until the last album uh all of that was in E standard. And I think the last album was only in D standard, which isn't exactly like low by today's standards. No. Like, I'd say like E and E flat are kind of your, your standard, aren't they? Like a lot of, um, like even a lot of the, like the classic rock bands would go down to E standard for live use. Yeah. You mean E flat? Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, E-flat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go down to E-flat standard, yeah. Um, so dropping it down and another semitone from there isn't really... Yeah, um, like if you listen to literally any silosis and there's they are fucking disgusting in the best yeah. way possible. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we've mentioned Sabbath, Sabbath, uh, Sabbath, Sabbath, a lot of you, the big, dirty riffs. And, and just think of stuff like... Um, like Dio, Holy Diver, like how, yeah. how just guttural is that? And that's that's E standard as well, isn't it? 
might it might be in E flat. I, I, I'm not entirely sure. I reckon it's probably recorded in E flat and then brought up in yeah. post. But yeah, the same principle is there. Yeah, absolutely. And like one that always sticks in my mind, which is just a big, heavy, like foreboding riff, and not from a band who you'd think King Crimson, twenty first century schizoid man. It's just an absolute, just a hammer of a riff, and it's like being doubled by horns, and it's all it's all like in a standard tuning, but it's just this absolute driving monster riff. Yeah, arrangement matters as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and like looking at the guitar tone itself as well. Because a lot of mm. a lot of that Sabbath stuff owes itself to the fact that Sabbath were trying to get the heaviest sound, just that they could possibly think of, and were just driving the shit out of amps. <laughs> they were like running amps at full tilt and then slamming it with a treble booster in the front of it. Let's go in, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get there. So, yeah. right, we we've pretty much est on the day of. Uh, not down tuning your guitars here. We've got to, we've got to think of a counter argument here. To, to in to, fairness, like I guess I can counter it as well and say you, you know, yeah, give me when some. You do when you do down tune your guitar and you write a riff, like in I guess you kind of have to cater the writing style for it because you are kind of obviously playing with lower um, frequency ranges, so. Yeah. Obviously, the guitar is going to react completely differently, um, and an amp will react differently. So you kind of have to kind of cater the writing style to that. But when you can make it work, like bands, I guess, like um, Spirit Box and uh, Meshuggah, you know, that kind of go down to these drop F sharp uh, sort of tunings and, and lower, yeah, and lower. I mean, some of them were like like drop E or something like that. And uh, I think Spirit Box, I think their lowest that I've heard of is double drop D. Uh, they've got Rotoscope, mm, which mm, is mm, mm, F sharp standard, but then they play with an octave on it to drop it down yeah. another twelve semitones. <laughs> yeah, well, that but point, like you, yeah, you're like stepping it's... on the bassist's toes. Yeah, there's just no point in having a bassist at that point. But it does, like, the way that it's done, it does sound fucking criminally dirty. Yeah. Yeah, they've got an octave pedal on, like, full. Like, isn't it the octave down, and then he's playing, like, around the 12th fret. So it's like a textural thing that he's doing it for. Yeah. It's just, it's so So good. good. (laughs) I mean, if we think of, like, some genres where you absolutely must down tune to get to get that sound stuff like kind of like doom and like stoner doom and stuff like that ramstein a lot of their stuff can be like dropsy and you know that sort of territory and yeah um there are just some you know that's their writing style and then there's just some of the wrists and it just hits you like a sledgehammer to the face and you're just like oh it's it's so naughtily heavy yeah. So I think there's like we've got the balance of both sides of the coin there, haven't we? Yeah. Um, 
It's not well, needed, but it definitely helps sometimes. Yeah, once again, I think Sabbath are going to save the day here on the... Yeah. I think Sabbath are going to swoop in and just go, well, fuck you, symptom of the universe. Oh, oh, oh it's just like Iron Man, just Iron Man. It's just oh. this big, nasty riff. And you're just like, yeah, that's... The the intro of War Pigs. Oh, War Pigs in general is just big old chunky, isn't it? Big old chunky. And, Black Sabbath itself, the song, like yeah, yeah, that, that just that whole that thing on its own. Yeah, yeah, it's just like oh, bathe me in tone. It's, yeah. it, it, it is. It's, it's like being kind of enveloped by a blanket of distortion. It's brilliant. Uh, but there we go. We're gonna we're gonna leave this one up to our our viewers, our listeners, not viewers, because. Look, we can see each other. This is only audio. You're not missing out on anything. We don't release this as a as like a YouTube thing. Maybe we should. That's once. It, uh, it says not more effort for me. That does. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I can tell you from experience. There's no point. But then again, you've got more subscribers than me. So what do I know? Yeah, yeah. I, I've yeah, I've I've done done not so bad actually. I've I've hit the two k mark this week. That was that was quite a nice milestone. Thank, thank you. Um, but yeah, listeners, go into the Fret Talk podcast group. There will be a purposefully obtuse poll you can listen to and get involved in. Um, listen to the podcast first. I mean, if you're here, you are listening to the podcast first. Um, <laughs> but make sure, like you, smooth. Yeah, <laughs> you you take take the opinions on board and kind of formulate your own things going on. I'm sure you will. You're you're pretty good at that, and we could tell which which people are <laughs> like throwing comments into the uh, into the group who haven't listened to the podcast yet. Oh, it's funny, it's funny. Um, but yeah, so there we go. We've got some news. News. Um, last week we did mention that we talk about the Strymon Cloudburst and the EHX Slapback Echo. So we are going to take that as priority. First thing that was mentioned was the Strymon Cloudburst. What is it? What are we saying? It's basically a. It's kind of not the blue sky. They've got the other one, which is just the night sky. Is it? No, yeah. not the night sky. The night sky is something different. But anyway, there's the like a blue sky. It's in the smaller enclosure. With I can't say it the way I said it on the podcast last week because it'll make more of a pain for editing, but you know with some <laughs> extra sparkle. It is, yeah, um, very sparkly. It's still, I think, a ridiculous price for what it is. Yeah. So basically, um, you're getting uh, rather than getting multiple algorithms within a box, getting a smaller box and get you're getting one algorithm with uh, multiple parameters. So it's a, like a fully editable um, algorithm, but it's, you get one basically. You get this one cloud burst. Yeah, um, although it is MIDI, really MIDI controllable, it. though it is as well. With big whoop, but because because there's less of it because it is only the one algorithm. Like you might have 128 presets available for it. How many are you gonna need? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I'll be honest. Here, listener, I have not listened to the reviews of it. 
I've not listened to the sound examples because everyone's going nuts for it. But I, yeah, it, it's cool, but I I can't see a practical use for it personally. I, I watched a review on it and I've and I've listened to it myself as well, and I was just like, it just sounds like like you know every other Strymon reverb that they've done, and yeah, also and they like are the, good. It, Don't get me wrong, the the yeah. added sparkle. It's just it's just a bit of shimmer and um i think you can probably make the same sound for less yeah and then that's it isn't it like it's what are we talking 300 320 quid was it i think no i think it's about 279 280 something like that okay so like i read read the article before it was released and people were kind of estimating the price (laughs) Like that's, it's not a significant reduction from the original, um, like big bigger box units. Uh, if it was pick up, pick up a second hand one and you just pick up a second hand big box unit and just get it all in one go. Yeah, I mean, like from the other side, if we are um, trying to be fair to this one, if like pedal board real estate is is mm. a premium. Uh, uh, then maybe you might want to go for this one. And if you only want that one sound, like if, if that is the perfect reverb for you, why are you paying for all of the other bits? Yeah. I mean, I've got a Digitech Polara that's kind of got like the shimmer mode and, st- yeah. and stuff like that. And it, it does relatively the same thing. Yeah. But, albeit it's not as good, but, you know, it's... I mean, I don't think they make the Polara now. Which kind of makes my point completely moot, but um, well, you say same, that near enough the same sound. You say that, but we might have a bit of news going a little bit further on. We'll, That's we'll... Digitech, not it is, the but the di- brand you're thinking of. Yes, but they are linked, aren't they? They're linked. Um, they? Yeah, yeah. They were one company at one point. Um, Anywho, so. Yay or nay for the uh, the cloud yay. burst? I'm I'm going yay as a studio tool. Okay, okay. Do you use Logic out of curiosity? Yes. <laughs> what to make his decisions? <laughs> <laughs> so you can make those exact same sounds with the stock reverbs you get in Logic. I'm yeah, fully fully aware of that, but I think as a as as a you know, I wanna mess with something physically like uh you know, sort of quick vibe, I would get I wouldn't like go run to the shop tomorrow and buy one for that, but if someone offered me one I probably wouldn't stick it on a board, but I'd keep it to a side. Just yeah. to go like, Oh, that sound. Yeah, having it in like a, a little like box of tricks. Yeah, in the same way that someone would have like an Evo or something like that. It's like that can be achieved a million different ways and blah, 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 blah. But it's for that one moment where you think, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm just going to grab that thing that I know will do that instantly. Yeah, because like when you've got the physical thing, your mind would go to that. Whereas if it's just a plugin in a list of hundreds and hundreds of plugins, it's easier to overlook it. Like if you're digging through a box of like crazy shit pedals and you go like yep. there's the blue box fucking get rid of that 
is the the Ebo. <laughs> no, it's not that sound. Oh, the the Strymon. Yeah, this is the the sound we're after. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's a similar um, similar kind of feeling. Why I buy CDs instead of like downloading um, like the digital versions because you get that. Uh, you get that kind of tangible thing where you're like flicking through CDs and you're like, oh, there's that thing. I want to listen to this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. And there's a there's apparently a resurgence uh, of CD buying recently. I read in an article, not entirely sure which which publication did it. So it might be bullshit, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, CD Buyers Weekly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but there we, there we are. So, uh, EHX, Slapback Echo. This is an interesting one. So it's a it's a reissue, like much along the same lines as the um like the, the muff variants that they've been doing in the nano boxes. Um because they did the, the originally did the green Russian and then they did the op amp. And I think since then they've done the uh, Violet as well, is it? Violet Ramshead. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them anyway. Um, so, the, oh, they definitely did the triangle, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was anyway. one of the first ones, I think. Anywho, anywho. <laughs> no, I think the, the Green Russian was the first one. Um, because they, yeah. they then ended up doing like the J, uh, JHS modded ones as well. Um, Anywho, um, so the, the EHX Slapback Echo was a pedal released in 1978. So it's quite an old, uh, a vintage. And again, it was one of these like, massive, massive boxes. I think the, the old original Big Muffs that were in a box that was around the size of your head. Um, yeah, it's one of Pretty those. Big. Yeah, and it just had like one, I think it had one knob and like a, a toggle switch on it. For this massive, massive box, but hey ho. Uh, so they've released this, um, and they've released it actually in something which is new for electroharmonics. I think they call it the micro series. Can't can't recall exactly, but it's the first mini pedal that uh, electroharmonics have released, I believe. So all the ones before that are in the nano boxes, which are basically. Normal boxes. This one's. Um... Oh yeah, this is proper small. It's like um, TC electronic, like mini sized, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like like, kind very, of... like very similar to the you kind of standard fifteen ninety A. Yeah, but slightly wider and a bit more substantial looking. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Um, so the controls that you get on it are a little bit strange. There's a blend control which blends between like the echo, like full echo sound and then full dry sound, so you can get a mix of the, the the wet versus the dry, and then there's a gain, which is there to set the volume, just in case you get any volume loss through, uh, like blending in, lots of the, the affected signal, so you can like bump up your original signal, um, the time control. Which quite important on a delay, you would have thought, is on a toggle switch, which allows you forty-five milliseconds, sixty-five milliseconds, and a hundred milliseconds. 
So there's no dialing in exact times, but they've they've preset these times too. Like these are the ones that we like. We've got a short, medium, and a long. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yep. Agreed. What are our thoughts? <laughs> I have no thoughts either here or there, to be honest with it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it like logically, it's another. Um, another analog delay in a in a mini pedal format. You could go into any guitar shop, like any guitar shop that's local to you, and pick up a small boxed analog delay, which probably has got more features than this one. Rather than having um, like a short, medium, and long time setting, you could have one with a time knob on it, so you could get infinite amounts of possibilities. However. This is like it's harking back to some of the the cool old stock of um, electro harmonic stuff. So, yeah, and I think a lot of what electro harmonics do with a lot of their smaller pedals serves like a specific purpose. It's not like the most versatile thing like you'd get from, you know, uh, something like a, a flashback mini or something like that, which is trying to cover all the ground known to man. This yeah. is like this does this thing, which is for this purpose, and it does it pretty well. And it's going to cost you like 70, 80 quid. Yeah. And that's how electroharmonics have just sort of built their catalogue over the years. And I think it's cool. Um, yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I think it'd be fun to play with. Yeah, it's it's a tip of the hat to the, uh, the old school, isn't it? Yeah. I, I like the fact that they're doing this. The fact that yeah. all of these like obscure... Um, electro harmonics pedals that have just kind of fallen into the the cracks of time. They're, they're going, yo, know, you remember when we used to make this? It was a wicked pedal. Let's do it again. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. Likewise. Looking at the time, I reckon we've got we've got one more in us. We've got one more, and that one more has got to be. It has to be a little bit of a leak that's happened on the internet. <laughs> So, there's been talk of a reissue of a series of pedals that people lose their shit over. A reissue of pedals out in the 2000, 2000s, man, that's been yeah, the Not Yeah, nice <laughs> 90s, these are, aren't they? These, these Bad boys. Are. So, I mean, this is... Uh, this is pedal history happening here isn't it so marshall oh, yeah. have listened to us marshall have there's we've got someone in on the uh the patreon patreon team who are listening to us and how we need to fix marshall's um current business plan they are is releasing it, is it a new alarm clock <laughs> that's it <laughs> A double fridge, like a double stack fridge. Wow, it's like an American like fridge freezer. Yeah, yes, do that. No, it's they've got they've, so they they're doing the 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 black big box nineties uh, Marshall like the the old made in England big box yeah. boys. So just as a recap for for our listeners, the the lineup from that that series started off with the Blues Breaker. Then you've got the governor. You've got the drive master and the shred master, I believe. Yep. 
Is that it? Is is that is the four? I think so. Then our five. There's. I know that in the the series afterwards they had the jackhammer, but I think that was released in that one. So yeah, that, I'm gonna go the jackhammer was like the naughties, like the little silver. Yeah, pretty sure that was the jackhammer, wasn't it? Yeah. So we'll go with that. So we've got the governor, like the the ones that you're talking, the ones that you're really talking, are the the governor and the um the blues breaker, aren't they? Those those are your your top tier. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it was just a, it was a four from what I can see here. Cool. And we're not so, missing one. Just check. So, <laughs> so Marshall are, are vehemently denying the fact that this is coming out. They are, they're, they're not, their lips are sealed, aren't they? By the time this podcast comes out, we'll probably hear a bit more. However, yep. there have been clues. There have been clues, haven't there? First yep. of all, Mr. Uh, Captain Anderton, Lee Anderton, um, put a post up on Facebook asking if anyone had a full series of the old big box Marshall puzzles that he could why. borrow for a video that he was doing. And we're like, hmm, that's interesting. And then there's been word popping up in a few of these forums that are out and about on the internet. We're not going to name any names because we don't want don't to drop some people in here. Well, there's been talk about... And like little screenshots of like pictures, yeah, of rather pristine looking big box Marshall pedals. Like, whoa, that that's a pretty uh, pretty well looked after original Marshall pedal that is, isn't it? Yeah, even the box is pristine. It's amazing how well they've been looked after. Yeah, maybe there's like a you know like a place that had just had some like old stock that they had just out the back, and oh, we forgot about these. Yeah. For 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, a good time it would be just to take a random photo of it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, I know what's going to drive Instagram wild. It's going to be this. Yeah, someone oh. at Marshall just wetting themselves, laughing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what are we thinking, boys? What are we thinking of these pedals making a, making a return to the scene? I re- I'm really not fussed, but that's me. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I've been looking for something. I've I've been using the Boss OD3 for ages, okay, and yeah. it's kind of cool. But I want something with a bit more tweakability. Yeah, so it's find there's points where there's not enough bass, too much bass, not enough mids, too much mid, like something I can tweak a bit more. I yeah. think it might end up, if these get released, it might end up being one of those. It might be one of these series. Yeah, because the, the Drive Master and the Shred Master, I know for sure, have got three band EQs, aren't they? Yep. Uh, did the Governor have a three band on that? I can't remember. I'm going to have a look quickly. Uh, so no, Mr. Bimson got one. Mr. Bimson does have a Governor, yeah. Uh, governor's think that looks like it's a three band as well. Cool. So it was just it was just the blues breaker that was a, a yeah. three knob. Yeah, just the volume, tone, and drive. Mm. Um, I'll be honest. I've I've played enough pedals which purport to be blues breaker clones. Um, I am still excited over that blues breaker. <laughs> like I, I think I'd probably buy one. It's the, it's, it's the governor. The governor's such a cool pedal. Yeah, yeah. The governator. 
<laughs> that might be a slightly different thing. <laughs> but yeah, like I'd be interested. I've I've heard clips of the Shredmaster as well, and I think it's not as like super high gain shreddy as as it purports to be. I think it might actually be quite a nice versatile drive pedal. But yeah, I'm very excited. I want to be I want to be hearing some some more about this. Like I say, yeah, I saw some rumours that they're going to be. Because Marshall are at the guitar show, aren't they, in Brum? Oh, hey. Yeah, when, yeah oh. when, that, when that happens, I'm not disclosing the time at which this has been recorded. But when the Birmingham guitar show happens, yeah. um, it's going to be supposedly, according to the rumours, they're going to be there. That would be um, the best. That would just be And that may be where they're launching said pedals. Oh, and if they are, God help anyone trying to play those pedals because the cue for it is going to be fucking horrendous absolutely um yeah i think i'm gonna I've, I've got a little like gopro cam thing up here and i think that might be coming coming to the the brum guitar show because i yeah. think we're gonna see some exclusives coming up like the the past couple of guitar shows at birmingham it's it's not really been a a show for announcements it's been like once things have been announced Oh yeah, you get to see that thing at the the show. Yeah, I think we're gonna see some some pretty decent, some like hefty announcements this year. I hope so. Really yeah. hope so. Yeah, let's get let's get some gravity to the uh, the the guitar show in Birmingham because after yeah, all, man. it is the home of metal. We've it we've is established that this podcast. Oh, yep. and on that note, we are at about time, which is nice. Right, gentlemen. What we usually do here is we thank the listeners. We give an extra special, super sexy Patreon thanks to our Patreon backers who are just really cool people. For as little as $2 a month, you can be one of those people. Um, the the Patreon backers are as follows. We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson of The Rising of the Lights. We have got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe. And of the Just Surprise Me podcast. We've got Mr. Huge Erection. Me. Hmm. <laughs> My gosh. Boys. Boys, that was... That was lacklustre. That was... That was... Like, it was a semi. Nary a semi, that was. That was <laughs> flaccid as they come. Let's try that again. <laughs> we have got Mr. Huge Erection. Wee. There we go. Give the rection... <laughs> The love it deserves. Fuck's sake. Oh, I've lost my place now. Well, who have we got after Mr. Huge Erection? We've got Mr. Uh, Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups, of course. We've got Mr. Brian Gurr of the Tone Jokes podcast, of the Second Button podcast, and of Off the Rails with the A Train. Um, and finally, we've got Mr. Ross Philpotts. Booyah. Woo. If you want to catch me online, I am Budget Pedal Chop. You can find me Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube is, of course, the home to the No Talk or Tone series, which, I'll be honest, I can't even remember what's coming out this week because I've just done so much stuff. The Nasty so Bear Fuzz. So much. Yeah, the, the Nasty Bear will definitely be out by this by the time this is. There's something else as well, but I can't I can't think. Just just, just watch it. It's, it's, all, it's, it's a good crack. Um, Josh where can we find you 
You can find me at the Corona Mortis on Instagram, the Guitar Geeks podcast, and you can also find me on YouTube at Josh Castle TCM. That we can. And Mr. Ollie Miles. Where can we find you? I mean, if you if you want to find me, it's Ollie Miles Music, but I would highly recommend finding Neptune Rain, which is my band. Uh, and most handle on most things is we are Neptune Rain, and we are on everything from, well, all the streaming sites, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, all of the ones that you would expect. So come and check us out and uh, drop us a like or a follow if you like what you hear because we've got some new stuff coming soon. Yeah, oh, it's, it's worth it just for the the beard that Ollie, Ollie Miles is cultivating. That is... <laughs> it's like, yeah, the, with the frequency that I see you guys, like it must just like jump in length. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the last time I saw you, it was... It was like barely sprouting past the the chin. Now yeah. this is this is getting. It's I like, mean, it's almost rivaling my fine self. So it's taken it's taken me long enough. Yeah, but it's it's a mighty fine beard, right, gentlemen? From myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chap, from Mister Ollie Miles or Ollie Miles Music, from oh my gosh, it is Josh. It will be a tatty boy. Good night. I lost twenty five percent of my roof last night. Oof. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking that. Yeah, that's a win. (laughs)